Welcome to the inaugural taping of the Trinity Podcast. My name is Russ Warren. I'm the Director of Online Education and Teacher of Hebrew here at Trinity School for Ministry. And my guest today is the very reverend Henry Lawrence Thompson III, whom we know affectionately as Lori. He's our Dean President uh, here at our Ambridge campus. And today, we're going to be talking about the mission and vision of Trinity School for Ministry. In our academic catalog, in our vision, purpose, and value statement, it says, in this fractured world, we desire to be a global center for Christian formation, producing outstanding leaders who can plant, renew, and grow churches that make disciples of Jesus Christ. To this end, we are forming Christian leaders for mission. And so, Lori, thank you uh, for being with us today. And I'd like to start off with that vision and mission statement in mind and just ask you the question, what's our five, ten-year plan as we're working on making that even more of a reality than it already is? Thanks, Russ. Uh, it's a delight to be with you. Um, I would respond by telling a story of, of my own personal experience. Back in the 70s, I was a, a young college student at Denison University, and I was eager to lead for the kingdom. Um, but really had very little life experience, very little training, um, and was looking for mentors that would form me and shape me uh, in the Word of God. And I remember reaching out to folk like Peter Moore, John Howe, uh, all of whom have been very influential in the life and the history of uh, Trinity School for Ministry. But they spent some time and invested some time in me and gave me the confidence that I could turn to the Scriptures with a sense of whole Bible theology and that, that the um, the Word of God was alive and and uh, uh, there to be studied rigorously and, and faithfully. Uh, I remember particularly attending one of my first Bible studies, and uh, uh, at that moment, uh, one of the um, participants looked up, and, and after the suggestion that we study the Gospel of Mark, uh, she replied that she had uh, studied Mark the previous semester in her New Testament class and knew everything there was about Mark, so therefore we really didn't need to study it. Mm. And uh, I remember my my mind and my heart leaping a little bit saying, that sounds like the wrong answer. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, was determined I would never, ever um, grow as a Christian with any sense of the limits to what God could speak through his word. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, to jump forward to Trinity School for Ministry now, um, I still have that same passion to see leaders formed that would be excited about the living and the dynamic Word of God and the power of the gospel therein. And uh, it 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 uh, troubles me when I see people try to limit the Word of God, uh, and it also troubles me when I see that they're uh, ill-informed and not shaped and formed by the Word of God. So first and foremost. Um, I hope we can keep to what we've always done well, which is teaching the Word of God and teach it in its entirety. Um, in the next five to ten years, the great challenge has been um, the audience for which we're trying to reach. In the 1976 period when we began, I think the assumption was that uh, uh, we were trying to place priests in suburban parishes and that they would uh, lead lead through uh, their ministries through the pulpit and through the um, uh, congregations. Uh, that assumption has changed, and today I, I see us trying to address a much wider arena, 
And there have been many things that have contributed to that. But now more than ever, I think we have to be passionate uh, about forming leaders in many different contexts and uh, very incrementally and quietly, uh, our reach has expanded in many different directions. And of course, you're part of that in the leadership you're giving us with online education. Uh, that was something in the mid-70s that didn't exist. Sure, sure. Um, and now it's an important part of who we are. Um, and what I'm fascinated by is the way in which our residential training, our online education, um, and our global reach is intersecting with each other. Uh, each one seems to help the other one. Um, and the way that they're integrated in uh, uh, our program, I think, is thrilling. And I think we have much further to go. Um, but I think we're off to a fabulous start at, at letting the, um, the different ministries and venues of ministry really help support and complement each other. And uh, um, our global partners are also making a fabulous difference in giving us their voice into our education here so that the notion of formation is also happening in the context of a global reality. So the global formation, it ties very much to our residential formation and in that they intersect with each other. Yeah, and we might mention in terms of that, our partnership in Jos, Nigeria with the Christian Institute, where uh, Archbishop Kwashi has helped us to set up a, a training program that uh, we're able to offer educational materials and facilitation to a group of students there. And sometimes they even come to finish a degree here on campus. Currently, we have Daniel uh, Rochak-Lar uh, with us who has really added quite a bit to our community and to our community life and is a, a lovely uh, person and theologically astute. So I'm right there with you. The, the, the global uh, connections are amazing and enriching in ways that uh, really get at this idea of global formation. So it's not just us going out and forming others across the world, but they're coming to us and forming us and changing us here in our context as well. Now, one of the things you mentioned uh, in there, both in the, the personal story back in the 1970s and then throughout for what Trinity stands for and, and seeks to do well is this idea of whole Bible theology, of teaching the entire scriptures, of never thinking we've got Mark down. Although I, I hope that young lady wrote a book about Mark because th that'd be helpful. I have some questions. Um, but would you would you go a little bit more into what whole Bible theology means and how Trinity approaches biblical theology? I'd love to. Um, even this past week, one of our um, uh, students, our student council president, in fact, Shannon Ames, um, was uh, expounding uh, a text from the Old Testament, and as she was preaching. She gently moved us into the, the section which described David's conclusion of, of his ministry and his uh, blessing of his son Solomon. Uh, and as she walked through it, she, she brought us right into the way in which uh, the covenant that God extended through David takes us right to the cross. And she took us from a uh, passage in, in First Kings and drew us right into um, the... Um, uh, passage in the gospel about mm -hmm. Christ suffering on the cross. And uh, as she proclaimed and preached it, the kind of seamless thread uh, of, of our story of redemption just came and popped alive, and it was very moving and very exciting. I, I've grown accustomed to thinking that all our students preach that way now, as well as our faculty, 
and we get excited about the coherency of, of the whole gospel story. So we can pick up any page of the Bible, dive into it, and find the connection to the whole. And um, um, that's something, and I'll be the first to admit, in my early days of ministry, I simply had no equipment and tools to know how to do that. Mm. Um, so it's, it's thrilling for me to see the way in which um, our teaching and our worship together helps enable, encourage, and uh, drive that forward. Uh, so that the confidence that it leaves um, not only the students but the faculty and the staff with as well is a higher confidence in the Word of God and how it's speaking to us and how our most rigorous and critical questions of difficult passages can be addressed with faithfulness and with enthusiasm for the, 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 the preached Word, the written Word, and the way in which the grace affects our lives through the written Word. Yeah. And an, another thing I noticed about that sermon that I thought was very helpful uh, was when Shannon was talking about the census that David mm. took and, and mm. the disastrous consequences of that. And then, of course, connected that to how Christ uh, takes on the role of the one who suffers for us. She started off that whole section by saying, this is kind of a strange story. And there's a different way of looking at the Bible that allows the Bible to speak in terms that we don't have to try to uh, mute or change. We can say, this is a hard saying. This is a hard story. But even in the midst of that, Christ is there. Yes. Uh, which, of course, then reminds us of his ministry where he often said hard things and sometimes disciples went away. But uh, we can affirm with Peter, you know, where shall we go? For he has the words of life. And we really do see that in the preaching ministry of all of our students and, as you mentioned as well, the faculty and sometimes even the staff here uh, at Trinity. And so working with the whole Bible is one of the things that guides the formation principles that we have here at, at Trinity School for Ministry. Uh, what other avenues of formation do you see students partaking in and really benefiting from? Well, the corporate life prayer and the, and the and the and the the regular the rule of of our prayer together, um, it, it's exciting for me to see the interactions and even sometimes the joking at announcement time after morning prayer. But it's it's almost as if life springs out of our time of prayer together mm -hmm. and our time of hearing scripture together, and uh, uh, to see the energy that that generates, um, whether it be uh, towards fun recreation or uh, such as, you know, words about the football game or, mm -hmm. or something silly like Go that. Go kneelers. Go kneelers. Um, or uh, at the same time, the shared um, participation in praying for people struggling with terrible illnesses and, and tragedies and, um, and the way in which, uh, again, our, our common life of prayer really helps hold each other up. And... Uh, that we can uh, share each other's joys together um, and at the same time enter into each other's pain and uh, be working to be part of the intercessory team that, that pulls the community forward. Yeah, thank you. And one of the things that uh, really struck me recently about that is for, for those who don't know, after our Wednesday Eucharistic service and after all the announcements have been made, uh, the dean president comes and gives a, a short Sometimes two minutes, sometimes four minutes, uh, dean's chat, we might say, uh, about some issue that might be affecting the community. And very powerfully, I thought you spoke this last Wednesday about bearing each other's burdens through uh, seasons of depression 
anxiety, and other things. So there are these uh, great moments of corporate togetherness in sharing prayers and praying for one another in sharing the, the joys of the announcement period. And then there's this wonderful little tidbit that every week uh, we get. And so I, I just wanted to say thank you for that. I know I've mentioned that to you in person, but this is a great venue to do that uh, as well. Thank you for saying that. And you call them tidbits, actually. That's how I refer to them in my notes, pastoral tidbits. And, nice. Uh, um, my, my hope is, again, this is a school for ministry, and my hope is that we really uh, are wrestling with hard, thoughtful, um, theological roots to difficult questions, but are also giving very practical tools for ministry and leadership that um, people can take home and, and uh, um, be prepared for when they uh, – I, I do think today we live in an environment where th- people are thrown into uh, positions of responsibility much faster than they used to be. And so the learning curve has to be steeper, and and uh, the the context of practical applications for leadership and ministry to me is becoming more crucial than ever. Um, recently, we had a board of visitors uh, uh, meeting, and they were asking how we could form leaders more effectively. And uh, one of the pieces that they they proposed to me was the notion that we might have uh, vocational mentors, so to speak. So the students could pick somebody to have as a conversation partner uh, throughout their time of study here and that they could talk to them about uh, practical skills of ministry, business skills, uh, organizational skills, things like this, uh, and have a a personal sounding board. And uh, I think it's a fabulous idea. And uh, we'll be talking to the faculty about how we might want to consider implementing something like that uh, without compounding our, our curriculum any further. Sure, and I'd look forward to that discussion. Uh, it reminds me that I hear a lot of talk about the future of ministry being bivocational. How do you feel that that possible reality uh, fits into our mission and our vision and, and what we're doing here on campus? With an increasingly hostile um, social environment to the gospel, um, our need to get out into different positions of leadership in a social context is is growing. Um, I've been working through Augustine's City of God, and and um, although he doesn't use these words, I'll use them. He describes kind of a centrifugal reality that's happening where the forces of the society around us are just pulling us away from the gospel and the cross. Um, and, and our challenge as Christian communities is to pull people back in centripetally towards the cross and into the story of God. Um, so my hope is that we can um, really develop a um, more centripetal approach in our teaching that will help equip and enable um, students as leaders to pull people into the gospel story uh, when all the other forces are, are pulling them away. Mm. And I think that gets to something very important that we have going on in both the name of the school and in the mission and vision statement that we're a school for ministry, yet at the same time we're forming leaders. So we aren't exclusively forming people thinking everybody's going to go into parish ministry, but realizing that ministry can take a whole lot of different forms. And so we need to be prepared to lead wherever God places us in ministry. Because, yes, even in the church, we see that centrifugal force of pushing away, as you mentioned, but we also see it in business. We see it in parenting, Uh, all the various avenues of life in which people find themselves. This is happening, and we all need to be drawing back to the cross 
uh, whenever. It reminds me of that great statement by Abraham Kuyper uh, where he said there's no – or not one square inch of all of creation over which Jesus Christ does not cry, this is mine. Mm. And so being a school for ministry that's forming leaders puts us in a position to really look at how he is sovereign over all in his gracious cross-bearing love for us uh, and take it into those various places. So I think this is a, a place we definitely need to uh, keep our eye on and keep praying about to see where the Lord is leading our graduates and leading our incoming students uh, from what they're seeing as their ministries uh, going forward. Yep. So, Recently in um, an NPR interview, I think just two days ago, um, they were interviewing a man who was discussing uh, a, a new project that he's doing, which is organizational obituaries. Um, and he goes into uh, companies and, and asks people as a staff or as a community to, to write an obituary based on the end of the company next week. Um, and and what, what would people say about this company or this project or whatever? Um, I was rather taken by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I think I might try with the board and with staff and faculty here to say if, if Trinity were to drop off the, the map tomorrow, what difference would it make? Hmm. And um, the, the thought thrills me because I think uh, the impact of our, of our outreach is not just purely in the church. Certainly churches would be affected and, and people seeking curates and, and rectors uh, would be dramatically affected um, by the loss of, of a steady flow of good teachers and pastors. Mm-hmm. But more than that, the wider world would be affected. I, I'm thinking, for example, of uh, recent graduates, one of who's the head of the nurse practitioner program uh, at Denemaris Hospital in, in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, and, and the extraordinary effect of his leadership on the nurse practitioning program uh, in Delaware mm-hmm. and how he is not only leading that but affecting it and shaping it with kingdom values. Um, I think of another graduate who uh, helped develop the fracking industry here, right here in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Um, and it was his geological consultation that was part of the team that helped them see the reality not only of the Marcellus shale, but the Utica shale. Hmm. And again, doing that in the context of, of a Christian respect for creation right. um, and community and uh, providing jobs, but working collaboratively and getting people to come to the table and work effectively together. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the kind of things that I would want to put in the obituary of the remarkable um, effect we're having through many ministries, some of which are traditional full-time residential pastorates, but many of which are bivocational in nature and uh, uh, having a terrific effect uh, on the world around us. So considering that, considering the, the far reach of Trinity – here in Ambridge, through the online programs, through our global partnerships and friends, in the context of both parish-based ministries and bivocational ministries, what are some of the ways those who know us, those who love us, uh, can support us, encourage us, and help us to continue working uh, forward on our mission that the Lord has given us? Well, one of the things we're getting better at is is, is opening doors for people to connect with us. And um, when we, uh, for example, am encouraging somebody to be a donor to the school, and we always need donors, 
Um, but I encourage them first to try to experience our teaching. And we're now offering more and more of these two-day seminars and one-evening lectures during mm -hmm. our Jan and June terms and uh, dean's hours and this type of thing. Um, I really want to encourage people just to, to taste us, to, to try to experience some of the life of prayer and worship and teaching here in this campus. Um, because my experience is once people just get a little taste, they want a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, they go right from the hors d'oeuvre to the feast. Um, and, and I hope and, and want to encourage everybody to try to get more involved. It's, it's fun to even watch here uh, on our staff and our faculty the way in which we like to listen to each other's lectures and, and programs uh, ourselves because we want to not be left behind and, and get the learning insights from each other. Um, that's a real learning community. Mm -hmm. And um, so our challenge, I think, is to invite more and more people. One of our goals last year was to raise our domestic profile. Um, and we still need to work on that. I think we're doing much better. And uh, we're using things such as social media and the like to, to get our, our name and our programs and our activities out there. Um, but we certainly can use help um, in, in having people just look around at their friends and say, which of my friends uh, does not know about Trinity and, and how can I introduce them to Trinity? Um, the other day I had a lunch and I was sitting next to a, a judge who's about to retire. Um, he knew nothing about the seminary, and by the end of the lunch, um, he was not only writing a check to support us, but was excited about possible classes he could take and uh, was, was extremely enthusiastic. Um, so spreading the word and inviting friends, it's, it's mm -hmm. nothing radically new or different, but it's important, and there are many friends we haven't made yet, and right. uh, we need to do that. Right. Yeah, word of mouth is consistently rated for seminaries as – one of the, if not the most important factor for people uh, donating or attending uh, courses. Story I heard just the other day from an online student was that he had bought two Kneeler's t-shirts uh, from our, our merchandising store run by the communications department. And uh, he's down in Florida and gave one to a friend of his who really liked the Steelers. He thought that, you know, the font and the logo, they look very similar. So his friend would get a, a big kick out of it. His friend wears it everywhere and gets questions all the time like, wait, I, I thought that said Steelers. That says Kneelers. What's that? And he says it's a small Anglican seminary up in Pennsylvania that you should check out. So the, the word is getting around through multiple avenues, uh, but there's, there's all sorts of good ways to connect. Uh, and, and I would add, of course, uh, and, I, and I know that you, were, you mentioned this as well, um, we could always use prayer. Always use prayer because this is the, the Lord's work that we're joining into uh, and it is a great joy so to do. So uh, I'd like to thank you, Lori, for joining us here on this inaugural podcast. Uh, thank you for your conversation and for your labor of love for this school and for all that it is training to send out into the world. Well, thank you for the joy and privilege of being part of it. All right. For those of you out there who would like more information about Trinity School for Ministry, you can find us on the web at tsm.edu. Uh, and we've got all sorts of contact information there. We'd love to hear from you.